What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan, and I'm the host of the Butch Trek Podcast. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and please leave us a review. But before we dive in, I want to talk about our sponsor. Are you a business owner and struggling to manage the finances behind your business? Or maybe you're spending endless amounts of time trying to determine the overall financial direction. If so, I want to acknowledge my company, Financial Automation. Through the creation of custom financial dashboards to financial consulting to financial literacy education, we're committed to helping entrepreneurs take control of the finances behind their businesses. If you're interested in learning more, go to www.financialautomation.co and book your free strategy call. Now, onto the show. What's going on, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budget Trek Podcast, and today we are interviewing Sean Lowry. He's the owner of United Monograms and the host of the Sean Lowry Podcast. Sean, what's going on, man? Brady, what's going on? Things are going great. Thanks for having me on. I'm usually pretty go, 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 like, but today I'm kind of feeling a little chill. I'm feeling good today, so. Yeah, awesome, man. I'm excited to talk with you. Awesome, man. Thanks for coming on. So for the new listeners out there who have not ever listened to an episode of mine, so Budget Trek initially started as me and my wife's journey to financial freedom. So documenting the struggles and successes and kind of giving people some insight into what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Along that path, as I started interviewing people and talking about personal finance, I realized that a, a big thing that people are not talking about is struggles in the entrepreneurship journey. So our mission is to really uncover those struggles with the people we interview and kind of teach people, Hey, this is what you might go through along your entrepreneurship journey, but just keep pushing through because the people we're interviewing have reached that pinnacle of success. And you can see and hear that it is possible before we get into your story, Sean, and how it plays into the whole foundation of budget track. I always ask this first question. I didn't prepare you for it. What is the dumbest thing you've ever spent money on? (laughs) Oh man, probably like, a subscription to showtimes like 14.99 a month that just charged me every month for a year and i never watched any shows uh, <laughs> something like that those, those subscriptions always get me um I, I i hired a bad employee before paid him too much had to fire him uh and i actually just bought a purchase that we'll see how it plays out but i actually just bought myself uh well, actually leasing it but a tesla Oh, nice. And, yeah, and I, I'm not a car guy. I know nothing about cars. I don't care about cars. I just want to drive and not have to drive. And that's like, <laughs> that's the only thing I care about with cars. So, yeah, I've uh, been, uh, it's been a little like new thing where, you know, I don't necessarily need it, but it is going to maybe help keep me safe because I'm never looking at the road too much. So, if I, I want to be ahead on the driverless car thing. So, that's my new thing <laughs> I'm excited about. Uh, but I'm going to say my worst thing is the Showtime subscription because it was yeah. one year. One year, and it's just so annoying because I, I know, I, dude. I hate those subscriptions. I, hate I know, them. man. It, it's crazy because a lot of what we do over at uh, my, my business is we help uncover the expenses that entrepreneurs are spending on. And, you know, ca- some cases in point, you know, they're like, well, does Netflix count? Mm-hmm. If, my, if my business is flowing through my personal account, does Netflix count? Does Disney Plus count? Does it, does a, does a shaving club subscription count? I'm like, yes. Yeah, it counts. It's, it's, it's money. money. It's money. And, yeah. you know, like, even though they seem cheap, like, you have 10, you know, subscriptions that are $10 a month, that's $100 that may or may not have a big I mean, effect. If, if you use them, if you use them, yeah, that's worth, fun. Then it's worth it. Exactly. But how many subscriptions do people buy and forget they have them? I'm that's sure the a lot. Because the they're worst. like, oh, that sounds good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start watching Showtime. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think but, it's a great. I th- yeah, go ahead, go ahead. 
Well, I want to I want to jump in. I want to give you an opportunity to talk more about you and your background and how you got started. I know you're the owner of United Monograms and the host of a podcast, but that doesn't exactly tell who you are. So let's start from Sean Lowry, day one. Uh, day one? Yeah, the it day you were ra- born. It was a rainy day, <laughs> May 13th, 1989. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, my business is doing great. I have 15 employees. I started from my mom's basement. Uh, I mean, I don't know how far you want to go back, but as a kid, one thing I, that is a factor is I wasn't really an entrepreneur as a kid. I wasn't really like super smart. I always got B's. Like I always got by, I was good at sports. Uh, but one thing that affected me a lot later in life is I had to move. I moved from Syracuse to Chicago and it was devastating to move away from my friends in sixth grade. Right. And again, I had to move in, uh, from Chicago to Philadelphia and devastating to move and then adjust to make new friends. So those were like, don't sound like a big deal, but at the time in my life, it was like the most devastating yep. emotional roller coaster. And being able to deal with a little bit of adversity, as simple as it sounds, and moving around and seeing different environments as a kid, I really think it helped me oh, enjoy yeah. being an entrepreneur and having like changes in my life and enjoying changes and yeah. adapting. You know, the, the same thing is like for me, like I, I didn't. I wasn't an entrepreneur when I was younger. I wasn't selling lemonade. I wasn't selling baseball cards. I didn't really care about all that. I cared about my friends. I cared about yeah. my family. And, uh, you know, going through college, it's like I always wanted to do something. I just didn't know what. I was like, you know, there, I don't want to sit behind a desk. I don't want to work for somebody else. I don't want to make an average salary my whole life. And not that money's everything, but, you know, it, it creates opportunities for you, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I can be an entrepreneur. I can start my own business. I was like, I'm going to do Amazon FBA. I had no clue what I was doing and I ended up stopping before I even started because I didn't even know. So I I think, you know, the whole thing is everyone's journey to where they're at today is different, entrepreneur or not. And I think that's what we want to show is, you know, just because you didn't have a specific struggle in, you know, failing a business or losing a lot of money, your struggle was you had to move away from your friends. You had to adapt a lot. I had that that struggle too. Yeah. Yeah, We can get to that. (laughs) Uh, uh, but yeah, I, mean, I think, I think being able to adapt, not only to moving, but just to, you know, external circumstances, especially today with, you know, a recession looming over us. Yeah. You got to adapt, man. Dude. And, and one of the things that I've learned that is so smart and it's just trained me to be so successful when every situation arises, adversity in bad times, you just have to enjoy them and like them. And even in the moment be like, this is good. This is it's, I guess it just comes down to positivity, but I, I was so devastated when I was a kid when I moved and stuff. And ever since I had, ever since I had adversity, since then, in the moment, which is key, I'm like, this is an opportunity to make to, for something good to happen. This is a great story. Right. So adversity, yes, it makes you stronger. And if you're the person that can thrive in it, as opposed to crumble in it, it's going to make all the difference in the world because yep. it's going to happen. Yeah, and right, an economic crisis right now affecting everyone in different ways. But think about how you can adjust or pivot or do something smart in this time period. Like businesses that are restaurants that are creating apps to have pickup, you know, they're forcing themselves to get better. So, uh, yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, I guess what I'm going to say is companies that refuse to get into the online space, I feel like this recession might weed them out because- We're hitting a point to where like, not only is there a recession, but you can't even go anywhere and buy anything in person, right? Dude, yes. I, 
it seems obvious to me, but obviously online is always the way to go because I sell clothing online. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never considered selling it any other way because it's insane. I can sell while I sleep. I can sell to anyone in the country. And if yeah. I have a store, then I can only sell during a certain amount of hours and I can only sell uh, to the people that are in that area. It's and ridiculous. you have rent or you're leasing you have rent, space. You have overhead. It's ridiculous. It never, ever made sense to me. But yeah, I think this uh, little recession thing, it might kill a lot of businesses, but ultimately that'll probably be healthier for the economy and maybe even those people because, you know, if your business is real good, you want to keep fighting through this and make it to back when the economy is going well. But if your business sucks or it's, or you haven't adapted, those businesses might die and that's going to be painful for those people. But ultimately it'll probably be better. Yeah. Yeah. 100% so, man. So let, let's go back to when you first started all of okay. this. Okay. So you're in your mom's basement. Yeah. I'm sure you're like, I'm going to dabble in the online space. When did you say to yourself, man, like this is, this could be something. Okay. So my mom's basement, I I actually quit my job. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur starting when I was 19 and read the book, Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, I want to be a millionaire. And the only way to do that, I started learning and researching. It was, you have to start a business. So I was like, okay, I need to start a business. So I always had in my head about starting a business. Graduated college and I got a job for like two weeks. It was or like, I think it was two months. I forget. It was a sales job, but I quit it. I walked out the door on a Monday morning, went to my mom's basement, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. No idea, but I knew I wanted to start a business. So I got this t shirt press in my mom's basement and started making t shirts. I don't know. I was going to go back and sell them to my fraternity. Uh, long story short, I started selling online. I had this Notre Dame football account that had like 60,000 Twitter followers. I'm a fan of Notre Dame football. I didn't go there or anything. And had some success with that. And I sold them shirts because I had this equipment. And it all grew from there. My girlfriend got involved, who is now my fiance. She was going to be my wife soon, but it's getting pushed back because yeah. of the coronavirus. We're gonna, wedding got pushed back to September. But uh, she got the girl stuff involved. We found this monogram niche. And you're from Tennessee. You know monograms. Girls wear monograms mm-hmm. on their left chest. Everywhere. Huge, huge thing, especially in the South. Found this niche and... Uh, and, we, and it just blew up and our business is going so well right now. But there's a lot of struggles on the way. And uh, I, just, I just love business, man. And I, and, and, I, and I took that mindset, combining my life and business. Like I don't, I've had a lot of friends in college and stuff and actually moved away from Philly to Charleston after it was picking up. And I kind of moved away to go on like a business trip. Like it's just me and my fiance live here. We don't know anyone. And it was kind of nice to just get away because I just love business and building my company like is my life. Like I, a lot of people who have a regular job, they live for the weekends, nine to five, going out to the mm-hmm. bars. Like I've made my business my life and I'm a passionate guy and that works for me. And I just, I just have, I just have so much fun doing it. And I'm just, I forget your exact question, but I just, the, the being an entrepreneur, <laughs> your ceiling for happiness is so high and yep. I, I love building my business. And just, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you can tell you're passionate about it. Like, I, I think when you're talking about something you're passionate about and you're literally at a loss for words, I think that's impactful, <laughs> right? I mean, you can see it, but like, how many entrepreneurs do you know that I don't, don't know that love many. business? Well, yeah, they don't love like, business and they, they, they're chasing yeah. that dollar sign. It's like, that, that's fine. Like, do you, but you're going to burn out. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it's, I always think about just, obviously the people I've met through podcasting and stuff, but just mm-hmm. in your regular, in, in your regular life, people I know, friends, family, college, like 
being an entrepreneur is rare. Being an entrepreneur, I don't know many. I don't know many people who are entrepreneurs. I had a cousin who tried to start like a CBD thing, three months, done, didn't want it too much. You know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's difficult. It not, not everyone can do it. Uh, but for me, I just love it so much. And, uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot of entrepreneurs, but as far as an entrepreneur who also is like living for the weekends and stuff, I, I don't know anyone like that. Like you, you yeah. know, it's, yeah, it's so rare, uh, to be an entrepreneur and I just, and, and not everyone can do it. I get that. But I think the mindset just comes down to making it your life and learning to love it. And uh, man, I don't know, like if everyone can do it or if everyone should do it or if everyone should try, but if you have the itch, I feel like you got to, you owe it to yourself. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I, I, I don't think, uh, you know, people say, you know, entrepreneurs are born, not made and entrepreneurs are made, not born. You know, they, they, uh, I, I, I just don't think, I don't think, you know, really either one, I think, you know, you're subject to external forces yeah. and when you're around something for so long and you're like, I, I don't want that or I want that, you get that itch. Like, that's me. Like I have that itch. Like I don't yeah. want to work for anybody else. I, yeah. I, I want to, and the thing about it is, like you said, the happiness ceiling, I mean, the ceiling, it's so there's, high. There's there's a uh, uncapped money. Like there's yeah. uncapped time. Like you you I can be wherever I want. Work from wherever I want. I can work whenever I want at whatever time of day. You know. So the thing about it is, is like yes, it's hard work, but it it's worth it. Yeah. You know. It's one hundred percent worth it. And I mean that that doing whatever you want, whenever you want, changes when you start getting some employees because you have to be True. around and stuff like that. True. That's one thing I've I've always noticed. But uh, yeah, a lot of people say I. I don't, I don't want to work for someone. And then like, they actually don't mean it and they might know they don't mean it and not everyone should do it. Uh, but <laughs> dude, it's so fun. And, uh, I know you said you want to talk about like struggles and, uh, tough times and everything. And that's yeah. another thing is, and I said earlier that it's important to love it. I could tell you about struggle. I went through three years ago where I basically lost my company. Uh, interested. You want me to tell you? Yeah, yeah. So, did you lose the company that you now are the owner of? No, or no, no, different one. But no, I I almost lost it. Oh. So so basically, I had a rare problem. But about three years ago, I had like twelve employees. Our sales were going great, and we had big holiday sales, like always, because we are we sell products, monograms, holidays, mm -hmm. gifts. Yep. And then I wanted to keep growing the company, and I kept. A lot of the employees, shippers, most of my employees are shippers, printers, embroiderers, like labor, hourly workers. And that's, and that's an interesting element of the job, which I enjoy. But I kept them in January and February and sales aren't as great then, but I kept running. I, start, I start, just started with Facebook ads and Facebook ads are great. It's where I put all my money, but I kept running them and I didn't know how to run the company well enough where I kept running ads and I got a lot of sales, but I was losing money and I didn't know like the formula. I just figured if revenue kept coming in, then everything would work out. Uh, but I, then I had payroll and I had this big payroll. So I kept the level of sales up, but I was an idiot. And I, the reason I kept the level of sales up was because I paid so much in ads that I was losing money. So it all caught up to me. So around April, March, this time of year, about I guess it was two, three years ago now, uh, I had to pull my employees in and I had to fire half of them. And it was the hardest thing ever. And I eventually had like negative $300,000. And I was just so far in the hole because it just kept building on me. It was a slow build. Right. I, used all my, I used all my credit lines and loans. And eventually I had all these loans and credit lines and, no one, and it was maxed out. And it was about negative $300,000. And 
I couldn't pay back my loans. I couldn't make any of my payments. And I just, every, and, and, and then eventually I couldn't even run ads anymore because I owed money on all the different ad platforms that I was running things on. So I was at nothing. And I remember sitting at my desk, having everything locked up and being like, okay, what the hell do I do here? What the hell do I do? And I did that every day for like three, four months as I fought out of it. And it was the hardest three or four months of my life. So we still had some sales. Because the one thing that never got lost was that we did have a good product. Mm -hmm. We did have a good customer base. People liked our product. So a lot of times a business will fail because no one wants to buy their product. That didn't happen to us. We had a great product. We just ran the back end terribly. So we'd have some sales come in and then that money would come in at like 8 a.m. And that, to the bank account. And then at around 11 a.m., a bunch of money would come out from different suppliers and different bills. So between 8 and 11, I would have to like distribute the money to pay off some suppliers here, some bills here, some ad accounts here so I can get those ad accounts running. And I was, it was just like, it, it failed. Like I, I should have given up and I didn't, and I just kept fighting through it. And uh, I remember uh, me and my fiance, we would, we would go to the grocery store and like we had all these different cards and stuff. And we would uh, like swipe a card, just try to get some pasta, like spaghetti and the, and the yeah. car would, de- the car would decline. And we're like, uh, we got to go out to the car and, uh, and we'll be right back. <laughs> and we just never, <laughs> it never came back. And we, uh, I had bought a house cause the business was going well. And I think a house is a good investment, but we had to rent out the house on Airbnb on the weekends and sleep at the office. Uh, for extra money. So we were like sleeping at the office. We had no money. And it was, and, 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 and I had to like take this other loan to like, to, as I was clawing myself out of it. And it was just a, the worst situation. I think anyone logical at this point uh, would have given up. Uh, <laughs> and I just said to myself two things. The first thing is more a logical thing. I, this was around August or uh, April, May. It was four months of digging. But I said, I know this business is so good and I'd hate to give up now and then be around Black Friday and, and be sitting there figuring out my life and being like, wow, I had something, but I gave it up. Mm-hmm. And that was the one thing, because if the business just failed because it was a bad business, I, I would have been more logical to give up. So I had that going in my head. So that gave me reason to fight through. But the second right. thing, I, the second thing that uh, I said to myself was, this is awesome this is going to be the most epic story that I can tell on Brady's podcast one day. <laughs> and it'll be a story about perseverance. It'll be a story about comeback. It'll be a story about fortitude. And it'll be a story like what superhero movie does the, does the superhero, everything go well the whole time? No, they always Never. have that moment where they're down. You need obstacles to have a good story. Mm-hmm. So it was motivational. And I would wake up at, at, at this like little country head at the office and I would just start punching the air. And I'd be like, Shelby, my fiance, I like, this is awesome. We're going to look back on this moment. I took pictures of the bank accounts, like negative 15, negative $20,000. I took screenshots that I still have. I took pictures of, sleeping, of us sleeping at the office. And I was like, we're going to look back on this moment. This is going to be a crazy story. We're going to get through this. And it taught me one thing I already know that 95% of businesses fail. Mine basically just failed. Uh, but you, if you can get over that hump and you can fight through that first failure, mm-hmm. you have the the fortitude of a stronger mindset, but also what happened as a result, yes, positive mind, all that, but also I learned the numbers to run my business. I now yeah. know what ad spend percent is, yeah. is, is good. So now after I, I failed, 
And then I made it through that and I clawed by for six months. I just clawed by. And then after that, by that uh, holidays of that year, we were booming because I knew how to run the business for real. I actually knew what metrics and I got this like metric system and everyone in the company has access to it and it shows our ad spend and our revenue and we need to keep it below 25%. I know all the metrics. So I actually learned how to run the company for real. So now the past two years we've been booming and even last month we just had our fourth biggest month of all time. And uh, so yeah, like it was crazy and just going to the grocery store and swiping your card for spaghetti and having it be declined and like humbling, it's humbling. (laughs) just feeling so stupid sitting at my desk. Like, okay, I can't run ads on Snapchat. I can't run ads on Facebook. I can't run ads on Twitter. (laughs) They're all locked out. We have our email list. I owe that bill tomorrow or else they're not going to let me send out emails to our customers. We have a the certain organic reach on social media, but on Instagram you can't put a link unless you run an ad. Like, how do we sell shit? And if we don't want to, we don't want to put the prices too low, but we want to push people to buy them. And it's just like it's just clawed, yeah. just clawed by for six months. But I'm, I don't regret it. It was it was it was awesome. Yeah. It, was a, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And honestly, like as my company, like we we got five million in sales last year. I want to grow this to be a hundred million dollar company. Maybe at some point within the five to a hundred million, there'll be another epic yeah Yeah, like no maybe another like epic one where i have to because it's a whole different company at two million than it is at 10 million so Mm -hmm. if i'm at 50 million in in a couple years like maybe i'll have to go through something else like this to learn how to run that type of company exactly exactly no yeah it's crazy so so do you think you know the, the root cause of all this i think is uh not not that you didn't understand the numbers behind your business but it was like there was no keep up with them you know, it's like, it's like, it's almost like you knew it was, it was going to happen, but you were kind of neglecting it. Was I was it, neglecting it. I, I looked at my bottom line every month and I was losing money and I was just like, well, we're getting new emails. We're getting new customers. We have revenue. I've been able to make my payroll so far, but I only made the payroll because I took these loans out and then the loans, they take money. The, if you have $10,000 coming in, the loan will they'll take some out of that. So you have less money. So it's just like, mm. I'm an idiot. I'm an absolute idiot. And whatever I, 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 maybe if I was smarter, I wouldn't have had that story. I don't know, but no, I, I think it's I'm good. I, I think every entrepreneur has to go through something like that. Maybe not finance related, but just failure related in general, because I, I think too, you, you obviously appreciate that grind more, I think, and you appreciate yeah. your business more. Hell and yeah. as a result, you probably understand more of your business. Yes. You get the yes. ad spend, you, you get the bottom line. You, and not that you didn't get it before, but you're more aware now. Yeah. So when it starts to hit below that a certain percentage, you're like, okay, if, yep. if I keep it yep. above that percentage, I'm headed downhill quick. Exactly. Exactly. So, I know the numbers. And one thing that's uh, interesting, I know you're like a uh, like money finance based mm-hmm. thing is like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty good with money on, on like a big picture level, but I actually just hired an operations manager and uh, he has a lot of experience. He's older than me. It's my first time hiring. It's the most I've ever paid anyone. And it's a big deal for me to hire someone like this. Uh, and he's come and he's, he comes in and he sees our company and he's like, wow, you guys are doing something great. And like, cause we have a lot of sales. We're doing really well. But uh, as he's like learning more and more, like so much of our companies run on feel like, like, mm-hmm. like a feeling for things. And that was one of my problems at the beginning. I was going on a feel. It was a bad feel. I failed. Now I learned these certain numbers and I go by these certain numbers, but now right. we're doing bigger things. Like, so he's coming in with this like technical mindset and he's trying to, and, and I, this is the reason I hired him. I know he needed to do this. He's eliminating all the feel in our processes and he's making them data driven. And like, I, 
I needed someone like that because mm-hmm. I'm more of like the big picture. Like I'm not the best with like data driven, like little things like, so I'm, I'm, and he's just, he's, he's smarter than me, has more experience with companies like this. So I'm proud of myself that uh, I made the decision to hire someone who's, who's a lot different than me. Maybe he couldn't run the company from an emotional standpoint. Uh, I definitely couldn't do the sales element, but that is how you grow companies. And it's my first time doing it, mm-hmm. hiring someone smarter than me to run operations of my business. And it's been, it's been like, we've had some lingo issues as far as like what we call things. And we've had, we've had some frustration as far as like, this is how we do it. And he's like, I don't get it. And like, we're, it's been a little like of headbutting and frustration, but overall it's good. It's, a, it's, it's, I know that it's a good, the right route to go is to get mm-hmm. someone in like that. Yeah. I, uh, I think too, you know, pe- people have to understand like as an entrepreneur, if you want to be a one man team, that's fine. But as you scale, it's a little bit tougher yeah. to continue to stay a one man team. Yeah. You have virtual assistants and that's great. They're cheap, but can they do everything you want nah. to be done? No, they can't. I, I don't, I don't think virtual assistants, I know that's a hot word and I've never hired one and it does depend on your business, but I don't think, I, but I don't think that they are really building a company, but maybe I'm biased because my company has to be labor-based. Like exactly. I, I know that I'm building a factory. I'm going to build mm-hmm. a warehouse and because we sell personalized items, I can't third party the manufacturing. Right. Uh, and, I, yeah. and I don't want, and I don't want to exactly because I, I enjoy it. So, but I know so many people try to build VAs and then do whatever they want, work from the beach and stuff. And it doesn't depend <laughs> on your business, but i part of me feels a little bit like that's not entrepreneurial. Like maybe yeah. I'm biased, like I said, but I like building companies. Right. Companies. And, and, and that's the thing. I, I, I think VAs are good for mundane tasks. So stuff you like data entry, that a VA can do that for a fraction of the cost. It would take you to hire an analyst to do it. The right? difference between I, the, the, yes, yes, and the, I think the difference between if, and I think every entrepreneur has to make this decision: is are you building a company or are you building a life for yourself? Like, mm-hmm. and, and the difference I think is: can you sell? You can sell a company. Can right. you sell a company, or are you just trying to create this little stream where you can have enough money, financial to work, freedom, to, to work right, financial freedom to work from the beach, mm-hmm. get in your laptop, do some work from the beach with a with a mai tai, and <laughs> and have some and have some virtual assistants mm-hmm. doing some work, and then doing whatever you want. Like that is one route of an entrepreneur, and that isn't entrepreneurial. That's one route, and the other route is building a company. Exactly. And exactly. I personally like the com- building the company route. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and 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 I think I think they they take. They, they both take a lot of time in the beginning, but the company route continues to take a lot of time. Whereas entrepreneurial route, you know, the work from the beach, it, it kind of dwindles off to where you can have virtual assistants doing stuff. You can, for you, you can. Day to day. But, and, and that's fine. It limits, your, it limits your ceiling also. It does. Though. It does limit your ceiling. So I think that, you know, for anyone out there listening, like do whatever you want, but I think you really have to, you have to have that vision. Where, where do I want to be in 10 years? Do I still want to be working yeah. the same business Make and that just th- working two hours a day? Yeah. Or do I want to have a business that could potentially be worth a billion dollars? Right, right. You can't create a billion dollar business solely off hiring virtual assistants. There should be two different words for entrepreneur. One of them should be company builder. One of them should be like, I don't know, what's that called? Self. Like they don't want to yeah. build a company. They just want to set up a life for themselves where they can do whatever they yeah. want. Because I can't do whatever I want. Well, now I can more, but I can't do whatever I want. Like I need there's my there's still meetings, there. there's still orders to fulfill. There's still a lot of stuff you have to yes, do yes, and yes. You're, you're managing people. And I, th- I think, you know, I think they're both an entrepreneur. I just, to what degree they do you want right. to, you know, help attain that vision? You know, you have to choose that when you're an entrepreneur, you have to decide, mm-hmm. am I building a company or am I building a life for myself Yep. with VAs? And I, and 
And you have to decide that. And I think that's good advice for people that yeah. want to be entrepreneurs. Pick one. 100%, man, 100%. So, Sean, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping up. I think we talked about a lot, especially with your story and, and failure and pushing past that. What would be your number one piece of advice for entrepreneurs who are just now starting today? What would be a piece of actionable advice to get them started? I usually say the focus on one thing. But actually, I was looking through your Instagram and I saw someone else was kind of saying that. So yes, focus on one thing. You can't be that. So, but I'm going to go with something else. I'm going to go with know yourself, get to know yourself, but also like make fun of yourself all the time. Like mm -hmm. make fun of yourself. And I, and I like that because you talk about being able to accept criticism and criticize yourself. But it's just like, I love making fun of myself and laughing at myself. And that causes me to be able to go deep down inside myself. And when you know yourself, you can know what route you want to go between those two things we talked about. You know, if you're somebody who can't, isn't in touch with yourself, and I call them cobwebs actually, like people who avoid certain topics and never talk about them in the back of their head because they're nervous or they're scared or they have fear. And they have these cobwebs from their brain, uh, from the front of their brain to the back of their brain. And they can't get there because they never go there. That's going to hurt you when it comes to making smart business decisions. Because if your brain has all these cobwebs in them and you don't know how to go deep inside yourself, like I used to have a different business and I changed it to this girly business that I do now because it was a good decision. It was a business decision. But if I would have like had bad decision making because I'm scared to like look inside myself, like I make fun of myself all the time that yeah. I, sell I sell girls clothing. I think it's funny. I'm the one that writes the copy that says like, you'll look great in this pink shirt. <laughs> it's like, I make fun of myself and I never would have been able to make that trade switch to that smarter business decision if I wanted to stick with like the more guy thing that I was doing before. So just, just don't take life too seriously. Make fun of yourself. And the reason why that's important is because your decision-making will be so much more non-biased. You can't mm -hmm. be biased. You can't be like, I put this system into place. So now that's how it should be because I did it. Yep. If you put the system into place and someone comes along and has a better idea, but you're like, no, 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 my idea. You got to drop the ego. Yes, that's stupid. That's stupid. Yes. So if you, if you get the, in the habit, of mocking yourself, kind of making fun of yourself. That also helps. It's funny. It gives you a good attitude. It also helps you be better at admitting when you're wrong and actually mm -hmm. making the best business decision, regardless of your personal bias. Yeah. I think that's, that's huge advice. I, I think that's huge advice. It's, it's not only for the entrepreneur that's you know already in it, but just starting out, remembering through all of this, be realistic with yourself. And, I, and you got to drop your ego. Like it's really easy in this yeah. place to get a big ego, think you're the best at everything, but you're not. Someone out there always knows more than you and you have to trust that. And I think uh, people who do trust that and hire people who are smarter than them and take yeah. advice from people who are smarter than them, your business is more successful, which makes yes. you look more successful. Yes. So, you know, as a result, you drop the ego, you're more successful, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I like that advice. That's really good advice. Yeah, yeah. That was good advice. That was good advice, yeah. Sean. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I think this was good. I think this is going to be really empowering your story, you know, sleeping in the office on the weekend, stuff like that. Um, where can my audience find you on social media? Sean Lowry 20, Twitter, Instagram, go to YouTube, type in Sean Lowry. If I could ask one thing, I'd say subscribe on YouTube because YouTube, I like YouTube, man. It's fun. Yeah. And, I, and I put videos, my podcast there. And the one thing I like about YouTube is like, uh, if you post on Instagram, it's there for a day, but YouTube, you can like see things from a little while back. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just Sean yeah. Lowry 20. Sean Lowry, search me. It's not that hard to find. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, man. I, I'd appreciate it. You too. Subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go. His, all the stuff is going to be linked in the description, guys. So go reach out to Sean. Let him know what you thought of the episode. And Sean, appreciate your time, man. Brady, you're the man. Thank you.
Thanks for listening. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. Central Time, and they're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcasting platform. Check out our social media linked in the description and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.